Hey guys, before we get to episode 10, I just have a couple of quick things I want to mention. First and foremost, I apologize if you hear some clicking in the background near the middle of this recording. Bill got a little bored with the <laughs> review of the episode and, and had some nervous hands and he was playing with his brand new Dragon Zord that he purchased, so... I try to cut out a lot of the clicking in the background, so I do apologize for the audio quality there. Secondly, if you are one of our listeners who are following along with these episodes of Excel Saga and you're watching on Hulu, if you did not see our social media post, I want to let you know that Hulu is taking Excel Saga off. They apparently had a limited sort of contract, and we didn't foresee that happening. You can still find Excel Saga on the Funimation app, as well as picking up the DVDs. I'm not sure if it's on Crunchyroll or not. We'll check that out and let you know as well. I hope that you guys still enjoy and find a way to watch the episodes. All right, without further ado, let's head on to episode 10. Look, Mama, a woof woof! Don't go near it, darling. But why not? Because it doesn't have a collar, dear. If the woof woof doesn't have a collar, that means it doesn't have an owner. And that means it might have some scary diseases. I see. Gumi hates diseases. Yes, but from now on, look for meow meows, not woof woof. Yeah, Gumi loves meow meows. Welcome to Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three dudes in their 30s sit around and talk about anime. My name is Josh, but the director decided to call me Wolf. Sitting next to me, well, he's a son of a cat, Andrew. <gasps> why, why, uh, wait, why Wolf? Isn't that, isn't it already copyrighted? Isn't that already someone named that? Dude, Wolf is such a general term anymore. I mean, you know, you can't copyright a species. That's, I guess, okay. Good point. Correspondent, wolf jizzer. <laughs> what? Wow. And that was the meanest little kid in the whole neighborhood, Bill. I'm not doing the poem. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> poem. Wow, guys. How's it going, folks? Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Can you believe it? Ten episodes. Man, we're going to do this every time, aren't we? Well, not, not yet. No, but I mean, I mean, we have finally hit. We, Double digits. And and we're at a point now that if we talk about something that's current events, we're a little behind in recording, that it might actually be almost current. Not really. Well, close enough. They yeah. still haven't released that to cooler yet. That's... haven't. Which means that we were telling the future. <gasps> this isn't part of my news thing I want to talk about, but I do want to bring it up because you talked about something that was created. Did you hear? Anyone that knows me, or if you don't know me, one thing you need to know about me is I love peanut butter. Peanut butter is oh. amazing. Did you hear what they just I released? That it's not out yet. It's not out till I believe June or July. But what they're creating, Josh, you know what they're creating? I I don't know if I want to know. Oh, oh, it's great. Because usually when you get excited about something, yeah. it can be kind of disturbing. No, no, this is just great. This is an idea that I'm like, how did in the world did they not figure this out? Do you want to know what it is, Josh? Bill, do I want really want to know what this is? He's going to tell you anyway. <laughs> Guess what it is. Guess what it is. So they took a Reese's peanut butter cup. Uh-huh. Okay, I like Reese's peanut butter cups. They're great. 
and they're going to make a, a, one of the big cups, one of the thick ones, and they're going to put Reese's Pieces in them. Okay, that sounds pretty awesome. Isn't that amazing? That's that, that, it. That's yeah. it. That's what, that's what they're making. Isn't that amazing? That's pretty awesome. Good. That's what I want in my peanut butter cups. Seeds. No. <laughs> no, that's how they grow, right? right. That's yeah, that's well. where peanut butter cups come from, or little, yeah. are the pieces. But as a slightly chubby man, <laughs> do not get between my Reese's pieces and my Reese's peanut butter cups. That sounds like a marriage, actually. Andrew... Why didn't you tell me this earlier? Now, I, now I I'm just, getting even more excited. I know. I could tell your tiny chubby's coming up. Um, So that was a little bit of news, but it wasn't our actual news. We've got banter before we get into Excel Saga Episode 10. Right. Menchie's Great Adventure. Yay. And it's okay. <laughs> it's, it's all right. Uh, it's not. I, I'm going to say something I don't say very often on the show. It's not one of my favorites, but it's not bad. Surprise. You know, and I might say, Bill might be the one that likes this episode the most. Looking at your faces, that's probably true. Bill, do you have any banter this week? Uh, sure, yeah. Really? Yeah. What do you got? Have you seen that they finally revealed the new suits for the Power Rangers movie? Yes! (gasps) I think I might have seen this. Yes, I I have. Uh, Very interesting, too. They're uh, they're a little Iron Man-y, actually. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about now. I do think I've seen them. Globing chests and kind of armored and... Right, right. um, They look kind of neat, but they're certainly not the liker that we're used to, and I could see they're ripping off Marvel a little bit. Well, it's a winning formula. Why not? Yeah, yeah, it's working so far. Granted, you know, we all want that classic nostalgia look, but let's face it, that classic nostalgia look looks kind of dumb sometimes. Oh, it is. I mean, and if you paid attention close enough, you could tell that the Yellow Ranger had a dick. So, like, at least now with this, it's gonna, it's gonna, I don't know, hide the dick a little bit. <laughs> you ever notice that? Cause I like, never noticed the, she had a dick. No, remember the, the yeah because well, the Yellow well, Ranger was a dude, in the, in but the, like in but the in the American yeah, in, in Super Sentai in the Super Sentai, the original Yellow Ranger was actually a dude. But That's like, why you, that costume didn't have a skirt like the Bing Ranger did. Exactly. I know, but then you can see and the no dick flopping around every once in a while. And, I did not see and the dick no yeah. boobs. Oh yeah. So yeah, uh, what he was going to tell you is Asians have no tits. <laughs> Bill, Yo. you brought it up. Do you like the outfit? Do you think uh, you said it's a ripoff? Do you like it? I don't know. Like I said, in a vacuum, I would think they're kind of neat. Mm-hmm. The helmets are a little busy. They mm-hmm. don't have quite the clear motif they had before. Okay. Um, you have the glowing chamber, which I suppose makes more sense with the, the power coin being in the glowing chamber on the chest than a belt buckle. Fair enough, yeah. That makes um, sense. And yes, armor as opposed to lycra makes more sense. I guess I'm going to have to see a little more of it in action before I'm... I'm convinced when, uh, does, when does the movie come out next year 2017 yeah okay 2017. not sure not sure on a date they've yet. also released the pictures of uh elizabeth banks as Rita repulsa which to be honest i thought she looked like uh scorbutina oh i would have thought that was that character if i didn't they didn't say this is rita she's got a heavy green and gold and black motif mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if that's going to tie into the Green Ranger maybe in a sequel or something. Oh, it's, it could. It is possible. Uh, I like the look of, of the Elizabeth Banks uh, Rita. It looks like generic Star Trek villain villain, sexy, alien, sexy alien makeup. Maybe, yeah. maybe a little too sexified. You know, kind of like maybe throwing back to Diva Tox with her push-up bra. Yeah, well, she's got the, the applicants on her face that right. give her lumps that the original Rita didn't have. And, I mean, I know the cartoony double witch hat thing and cone bra was probably not going to fly, but she looks almost like an evil Power Ranger in her own right. 
once this movie comes out, maybe we'll have better a better idea of what's going to go on with the backstory. I'm reserving judgment on how they think either way. Well, that's that's probably the the fairest way to say it. I think I think that, that is fair. I that's not a bad way to look at it. This may very come out and destroy our nostalgia, like the next Michael Bay Transformers movie. Well, Michael Bay is not doing this, so oh, that thank helps. God, thank God for that. So yeah, the Power Rangers. It'll be good. Hoping and praying for the best, but well, I guess we'll see when it comes. Yeah, I think that's probably, I, I hope for the best. I, I think it could be very cool. It could also be a complete clusterfuck. It may be a really awesome, or it may be really awesome train wreck. And either way, could be mm. interesting. Yeah. So, for my banter, uh, I've got two things. First of all and foremost, I want to say a quick thank you to one of our listeners who left us some feedback on iTunes. I love feedbacks. Feedbacks are great. The feedbacks is what we live for. Yes, we have uh, we do have some feedback on iTunes. I'll read that now. It's from Nort333. He says, being part of the ignorant masses, I can agree. I've only watched a few animes, so I am very ignorant. This podcast teaches me so much. Five out of five cute cat dogs. Nort, thank you very much. I appreciate that, sir. Um, You can leave your own feedback by going over to iTunes, searching for Tuning Japanese. It really does help people find us. Right, and that five-star review, we're actually starting to get a little bit more popularity. Yeah, our popularity meter's going up a little bit, and uh, the download numbers have gone up a little bit, so thank you very much for listening, and thank you for sending our podcast to other people to listen to. We very much appreciate it. Right, right. What Uh, else you got? I've got not really news so much as just a little bit of commentary. My husband and I have been watching Sailor Moon and Sailor Moon Crystal, Okay, and the final episodes of... Sailor Moon R, or the second season, they don't call it R in Sailor Moon Crystal, um, but the second season, which is R, the second half of R, they skip over uh, Ale and Anne, that whole storyline, they kind of obviously adapt it to the manga, they finally released the last dubbed episode. So we were watching the final episode of the dub. The, the last episode of the dub of season two came out not that long ago, and I, I don't know, I just want to talk about... Sailor Moon Crystal a little bit. We've we've discussed it a little bit on the show, and while, yes, there are some moments of Sailor Moon Crystal that I really do enjoy, it just is not the same as the original 90s anime. I have to agree with you, and I think maybe it's part of the fact that the three of us are used to that original anime. Even the, the poorly done dub mm-hmm. by Deke. We're used to seeing Sailor Moon with the action being tempered with a decent amount of comedy. Oh, yeah. And that was obviously a choice of the original anime when the series was first being adapted for anime. Mm -hmm. Now we are looking at Crystal, which is a more pure adaptation of... Oh, it's a direct adaptation. Right. Of the manga. And from what I was told beforehand, the manga always had a bit more of a serious tone to it. The comedy bits weren't there. Right. And I have to agree. I think, at least from my opinion, I haven't even gotten through the first season Mm -hmm. of the dub and, I mean, I love watching it. It's beautiful. It's well done. I'm feeling like I am trudging through this. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there are times where I just put and, it on. And it shouldn't it, be because it's right, 13 episodes. Right. And this thing, sometimes I put it on the background when I am uh, when I got my son. Mm-hmm. And I'm just babysitting my son and, and keeping an eye on him and doing all, all my fatherly duties. So I'm not paying attention to the series either. But even when I have those moments when I'm not, I'm just like, oh, my gosh. I, I, that's that's what I've always thought was missing from it is the real life, the girls being middle school girls mm-hmm. and shenanigans and even not comedy but the drama of like Mercury's going to move away or you know stuff like that that is just non-existent. 
Right. It's just kind of rinse, wash, repeat. Yeah, and I guess my, my, my big thing with this second season is that in the original anime, some of my favorite villains in general in the, in the original anime, uh, aside from the Four Kings of Heaven, are the, the four Spectre sisters. These characters were great. They are always primping and always worried about their appearance, and in this, it's like, oh, this is the episode where Koan dies immediately with Moon Scepter Halation or Moon well, that's Princess Halation or whatever. Rinse, that's kind of what I meant with the rinse, wash, repeat thing mm-hmm. is bad guy shows up, blown away. New Sailor Scout, bad guy shows up, blown, blown away. away. Yeah. New right. Sailor Scout shows up, bad guy shows up, blown away. Mm-hmm. Bad guy shows up, blown away. Bad guy shows up, blown away. Bad guy shows up, blown away. Capture, capture, capture. Kaboom. There are some good tense moments. There are. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's just it's just not... I think this does bigger, like, a more in-depth uh, discussion. Mm-hmm. Even an episode on its own, Sailor Moon Crystal, as opposed to the original Sailor Moon that we're all used... That we were used to when, when we were growing up. I miss the cheesy power metal, too. Yes, yeah. the cheesy power metal is amazing. Yeah, although all the, the music, honestly, the opening, the opening, the opening theme, theme is fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's one it of is. the it's one of the better it anime is. songs I've heard a long time. But the the music within the episodes, yeah, are just, sad. I mean, it was all kind of cheesy and all mm-hmm, done by mm-hmm. one guy, but it was something more. It added a little bit mm-hmm. more. I mean, there's a reason why the soundtrack existed. Yeah, right, right. So, and I know there's probably a lot of people that, are, that have been chomping at the bit, wanting us to do Sailor Moon, and we probably will still do Sailor Moon Crystal. But we're just going to let you know now, temper your expectations. It, it, it might not be as glowing of a review as maybe you were hoping we would give you. Really. So, Josh, what do you got? I discovered Baby Metal. Wow, you're way to the I'm a little, Way I'm to a little, catch up. I'm a little behind. No, well, what piqued my interest, and I've heard people talk about Baby Metal before, but, I, but it never made me think to check them out. Mm-hmm. The thing that got me was uh, recently Rob Zombie uh, tweeted a pic with him hanging out with the girls at Baby Metal, and a lot of people were attacking Zombie. You know, saying, oh, these, these girls aren't metal, they're J-pop, and, you know, for shame, and Zombie just kept firing back, and I'm like, well, I'm sorry that you're narrow-minded and stupid, or these kids kick ass, they're a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you know what, if Rob Zombie, who I do enjoy Rob Zombie's music, says that, that these kids are worth checking out, I checked them out, and I'm like, alright, I've got a new guilty pleasure. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I do like baby metal. I think baby metal is is a lot of fun. I don't know yeah. if I could sit and listen to it all the time. Oh God, no! But no. it's every once in a while I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot that they exist. Oh. Yeah, I popped I popped on uh, you know a couple videos on YouTube the other night, and I'm like, okay, I because I really do enjoy the music. A little bit symphonic power metal with a little bit of techno to it, mm-hmm. which I really enjoy. It's one of the aspects of J-pop that I can get into. Is, right. is kind of that fusion yeah. that you don't really get here in the states. Obviously, I have no idea what the fuck they're talking about because I do not know Japanese. The one song is about chocolate. That's the one I've heard. Fair enough. But yeah, I mean, that's about the only thing noteworthy for me was that I finally got on the baby metal train. All right. And... <laughs> oh, no. <that's>... <laughs> Sorry. The music. The music. I like the music. Uh, shall we talk about Excel Song? I think so. Yeah, Let's please, yeah. please. Let's move on. Yes. Hey, guys, it's my week. Oh, good. This is so awkward. I want to talk about Excel Saga now. Oh, wow. holy shit! I'm wow, sorry. We've, we've hit a new low, folks. Um, right. We 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 have been tuning Japanese. After this, apparently, oh, we're Jesus. just not going to be anything. Um, so <laughs> I tell God he's already cracking into the the booze here. As this, he says this, that, can, he wants to listen a, to can it. I, can I have a little bit of that? Actually, can I have a lot of that? No, it's mine. It's delicious and it's expensive. Please, the furries. 
Speaking of furries, <laughs> we start with Sad Menchie and a furry Koshirikto and a furry everyone. Kill it with fire! That's... Kill them with fire! I don't know that that's furries. I mean, they're wearing animal pajamas. They're but... people dressed in animal clothing. They are furries. You must kill them with fire. Please, for the love of... You better know. One more. Ah, thank you. All right. I, ah, I there's, a, there's our quota, folks. So uh, Koshi just basically looks at Menchi and says, uh, should we do animals this time? <laughs> and, uh, or something along those I'm lines. I'm pretty sure he doesn't say should we do animals. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't I don't I don't remember the exact quote. I didn't quote it because uh, it doesn't really matter. It's just kind of cute little animals and, and all that and a poochio and we go to the opening. After the opening, we start with Menchi. Holy shit, Menchi opens. Menchi opening the show. And a- he- after a long lack of Menchi action, yes, we finally we- get a pure Menchi episode? We do. We get mostly Menchi. Uh, she is furiously stabbing a wall uh, with a chisel, trying to make it through to freedom. And uh, there's all kinds of levels. It cuts away to the a side view of the wall, mm-hmm. and it shows us the interior and tells us, you know, she has to get through the dirt wall of hope, the <laughs> difficult wall foundation, the heat and sound insulation material... Uh, and then easy home stretch. <gasps> no. No. The steel shelves of despair. And we get a cut card that says, basically like the end of the Every Excel Saga episode, yep. saying Menchie's escape. Probably, probably not. Fa- probably failed. Pro- probably failed. Probably failed. I don't know about you guys, but when you see Menchie chiseling away, do you get Morgan Freeman narrating about Andy Dufresne getting out of Shawshank Prison? Because I do. <laughs> It's been a long time since I've seen Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, but I mean, it seems but almost apt. But here's what it this episode took, is it missing. It took Menchie 20 years to get out of Excel's apartment. That's what that episode's missing, because throughout you see little bits of narration above her head, and I just want to hear Morgan Freeman doing that. I, you know what? I think this episode would be a lot more fun if Morgan Freeman was narrating it. Well, you're in luck, Josh. Oh? Morgan Freeman is behind that door! <laughs> No, that's Bill's wife. I love oh. when you do that to him. <laughs> Ooh, cookies. Cookies! Uh, <laughs> Menchie! Menchie. Does not make it through. And here's Excel and Hyatt talking outside the door. Menchie has just enough time to put on a, a show that she was exercising? Although when I first saw it, I saw tissues and her panting. I immediately thought that she, that she was trying <laughs> oh. to fake masturbating. Oh, dude. Like, like, man. Why? Because Excel goes on to say, Oh, you're covered in sweat and you've been left home alone all this time? What have you been up to? And, like, my mind went to, oh, it's a masturbation joke. But then all of a sudden, like, oh, you've been exercising, haven't you? Because not no one thinks that. <laughs> I swear to God, this is a masturbation joke that gets twisted what around. What the hell do you do when your husband is not around? Is Are you trying to tell us that that's Clearly, what you yeah. do? <laughs> Clearly he exercises. I, I, uh-huh. <laughs> all the time. Excel wants Menchie to find a way to multiply herself because, you know... All that exercise is just going to make her all stringy, right? And all uh, the meat's just not going to be as good. So not we get tender. this. N- not, not at all. We get this uh, this scene where she continues to repeat herself, multiply yourself, multiply yourself, multiply yourself, and Menchie is multiplied on the screen. To which, Menchie is really sad about all this, obviously. Well, and there's a dramatic shadow under each of the Menchies that are multiplied. And Hyatt in the other room, while she's cr- uh, you know cooking dinner, says, What a wonderful view of the prospective future. <laughs> and uh, we cut to an image of all those multiplied Menchies. Shattering. No, in a stew. 
Oh, yes. Being in the cooked stew. in the stew. And then... And then everything shatters. Menchie shatters. Just like her broken heart. Explain this for me, guys. They say dinner's done. And then they leave. <laughs> the pot of stew is sitting on top of an Excel so- Saga manga, by the way, if you didn't catch that. Manga. Ma- whatever. Manga. <laughs> Call back to the episode where the they neighbors do. were talking about using the porno mag as a pot holder. Right. And they cook food... Menchie's asleep on the floor. They leave the food just sitting out. Immediately after they say the soup's on. Did they eat the food and then leave? Did they leave it for Menchie? I'm going did they to say they soup's cook? on or did they say dinner's done? I think they said dinner's done. It doesn't maybe matter. done. Okay, I guess. But they, dinner's done isn't like I'm done cooking it, right? Usually, but this is Excel saga. When Excel and Hyatt leave, Menchie immediately jumps up, like, split second after the door closes, and we get a, re- a little bit of text above that says, Chance! Yep, she's ready to go. She's ready to continue work on that wall. Except, Josh, what they've happened? replastered the wall. Those bitches! I know. Uh, and it just breaks. bitches. Yes. Here's my question. Hot time, daddy. <laughs> hot, time. hot times, Mitchie. Uh, hot times, Mitchie. Um, <laughs> For a minute, I thought you were doing... Digging that wow. I didn't realize if you were trying to do Eric Cartman, and then I realized you were doing Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> I didn't really know what I was doing when I started you know out, what? and it, it turned into Dusty I just Rose. thought about that. Do you think Cartman was a, a, a Dusty Rhodes impression? That started as, a that's bad how Dusty Rhodes impression? That, that, that's how it started out. Maybe. And you guys just kind of like talking like this. They, you know, kind of, kind of easily have gone from talking like this to, hey guys, talking like this, oh my god! I think I do a way better Dusty Rose than you do. Here's a question. Yes. Yes. Why didn't she just break the window with her chisel? Because she'll fall to her death? Because Excel Saga. Fair enough. No, they have like a fucking walkway outside their door. That's the... Their, their apartment's set up like yeah, a, like a yeah, but the, motel. But, but those windows are barred. The unbarred windows... Or empty air. Well, she could tie some, like, blankets together or something like she that. She doesn't have opposable thumbs, dude. Did she, how the fuck is she using a chisel? She was With using her mouth. her mouth. Okay, well, then she uses her mouth to tie a knot. Excel Saga, it doesn't make any fucking sense. How are the dogs shooting guns lately? Yeah, how is she pulling the triggers on a minigun? Dude, 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 why are we are getting way ahead of ourselves? And that's the end of the episode. All right, yeah, so I'll so. see. No, I'm so sorry. No, we're not. We're not done. We're not done. We're just beginning. Men, she has a flashback after she's her heart is broken for like the seventh time this episode and has the visions of a kind-looking old man. Very, yes, very Who sweet. has really awfully animated hands. <laughs> and teeth. And teeth and feet. At first, I didn't think he had hands. Wait a minute, I wait thought a minute. he just had stumps. So, was the special guest animator Rob Life Liefeld? Liefeld! Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> he should do it. I Fuck! Know, I knew that was going. So, <laughs> Fuck Liefeld! So, there's only one scene in this opening scene where you actually see the old man's hands, and I swear to God, I thought they were stumps. <laughs> and it was so confusing. It it was, is, maybe they were. And then and, I was like, how is he holding the minigun? Maybe, maybe, he's, and, a and two, maybe is, he's a World War II veteran. It would, make, it would make sense why he has, like, fatigues and stuff. He survived right. Nagasaki? Okay. Maybe. Yeah. So, the old man, this, in this background this story... Background montage. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I guess he's a World War II vet from the other side, so fuck him. But, yeah, exactly, right? So, this old man apparently was the owner of Menchie at one point. And my question also is, not why doesn't this guy have hands, but why did this guy not give Menchie a name? He's old and forgot it. Oh, maybe. Mm. It would uh, overwrite the story that we know Minji is Minji, so Minji would have another identity. That's okay. It wouldn't matter because Excel would never call her anything but Minji anyway. It would actually have been a good comedy moment. She finds out somehow. She comes home with a collar with her name on, like, 
what's this crap? And throws it away and you're Minji. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, Japanese would like to apologize to the Axis powers. <laughs> <laughs> you lost. Get over it. Uh, so <laughs> For not having hands anymore. Oh. It's been 70 years. And nukes. And some change. Do you think a llama ate the hands? Probably. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Llamas with hats. Anyway, so... <laughs> llamas with hands? Carl! <laughs> llamas with hats. <laughs> He has no I, hands. I stabbed him forty-seven times. Carl, that kills people. God, uh, with, why are we going? Why can't we review llamas with hats? Because uh, there's only like seven episodes. That'd be a really short podcast. Uh, I so, mean, in place of this episode. Uh, no, this is so good. Uh, no. Not that good. But the neighbors are arguing outside of Excel's door yes. after the uh, after the montage, the flashback, and mm-hmm. Awada comes crashing through the door after we find out that he stole money from Watanabe. 270 yen, which... Which is, which is how much American dollars, uh, expert? I am not great with rates of exchange. Oh, I forgot. You're not good with numbers. Yeah, you uh, want me to math? I just know that... Comparatively speaking, it's not a whole lot. It's probably like the equivalent of like twenty, thirty bucks. Which he's, like which no, he's, I think it's, I think it's more in the term of like cents. Of cents, yes. yeah. Which he, yeah. which he said was the last yen, amount of money always, he had until tomorrow. Yen prices always seem to be in like the ten thousands, five thousands. So that, sometimes yes. even millions. So yeah, so you have a good I, point. There. I, I think that it's probably if it's. 270 yen is probably something along the lines of, like, 27 cents. Right. This affords Menchi an opportunity to escape, which isn't the first time that Watanabe has helped Menchi escape the apartment. We saw that from an earlier episode, the second episode. And actually, uh, I want to back it up. Actually, a line that I really do enjoy is, if you listen closely to the argument, you find out that Awada had taken the money off of Watanabe's uh, dresser. In the apartment, and he said that those with the hearts of justice uh, need not worry about those things. Then he gets knocked into Excel's apartment, at which point Watanabe says, What do you know about justice, you super villain? <laughs> that is. It was a good line. It's it was a, a good line. It's a random line, and I really enjoy that line. Yeah, no, it, it, it was pretty good. I had forgotten about that line. So Menchi gets the freedom, and we get a little more of the text that says, Could this be freedom? Freedom in the clouds. Uh, freedom in the bushes. Freedom in the bushes. Freedom uh, on the street, I she, think. She jumps for joy, and we get the line, Freedom, so it means for your heart to have wings. Which I thought might have been poetry. I looked it up, it isn't anything. It's not, it's not. I was kind of wondering, Mr. Uh, literary Person. No, I, I did. I, I actually did some research on that. Yeah. Um, well. And nothing. Nothing. And then we have an interesting cut. We do. A very strange transition. But I think it gives us an explanation of what's going on. Well, I mean, it's all about cute little animals, and who's cuter than a poochu? That's a great riddle, Andrew. Bill, what is cuter than a poochu? Tego bitties. All right, there we go. That's cuter than poochus. <laughs> so poochu, a poochu, is serving tea to the great will of the macrocosm, who then who asks, what happens next? So... The Poochu's telling the story. Yes, this is this is the story of uh, Menchi's great adventure. Right, told by a Poochu. We have a frame story here. It's 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 very literary. Mm-hmm. The Poochu that got cooked. Mm, could be, probably well, not. Though. No, 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 different Poochu. Probably, probably. Not. <laughs> There's hundreds of thousands of those guys. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Menchi tries to find her way uh, around the city, looking at a map. Yes, uh, which, you are here. Yes, it has a weird cutaway where there's a little bit of it looks like, looks like graffiti on the map. 
that I can't really tell. It kind of looks like a weird wiggly face. Uh, it was it was a strange cut for like a half second. It was very strange. A cute little kid walking with her her mother stop, and Yay. they see Menchie. Yay. <gasps> Is Menchie going to get adopted? Yes! Uh, no. Oh, uh, the it. cute kid sees her, the mom ad- admonishes her, and says to, you know, stay away from an ownerless dog, because it, quote, might have some scary diseases, to which one of my favorite lines, I know it's my time to say this now in the episode, Andrew's favorite line! What we really should do is we should get a counter. And every time Andrew says my favorite line, we tell hashtag, and at the end of each episode it says, how many favorite lines did Andrew have this time? Well, here's number one. You, you get on that. We listen to everything. Uh, here's shit. number one. The little kid gets this, like, really angry face type thing. You can't really see her eyes. They're shaded. And she just says, I see. Yumi hates diseases. I just love that line. It's just so fucking great. And they walk off. And Menchi, for like the 20th time, her heart is broken. They go off looking for a she's, meow And meow. she's... Yes. <laughs> yes. And she's trying to explain that she doesn't have any diseases. But she can't because she's a dog cat. So. Right. Thing. Thing. So we cut to now to uh, her running into a rotten little kid with rocks. Pelting? Trying to pelt her with rocks. Right. The little kid says, and I quote, I'm the meanest kid in the whole neighborhood. Sold my soul to the devil and I ain't no good. I love this scene. <laughs> if anything, just for when he throws the rock and Menchie dodges it and then the t- waggles at her finger the- and just goes, <laughs> and like, I just love it. It's so adorable. So he picks a handful of rocks and then throws the whole handful she and Matrix she- that shit. Oh yeah, she dodges every single one. Right, not, then- not Matrix as in the Bowling Girls episode, really bad animation <laughs> moment, but just kind of dodges all over the right, place. Right. And uh, she does like, <laughs> again. Then he's got a mob. He's got, he's got backup. He's got um, a huge backup. Josh! Right. You're our expert. Okay. Is the little kid, just like little asshole kid, is that like a trope in Japanese culture or anime? Do they think that all little kids are hooligans? Actually. Are all little Japanese is, kids hooligans? This is a perception that I have seen frequently in various animes. The reason why I ask is because it brings to mind, as we've mentioned earlier, like Sailor Moon and the first episode when Luna is being attacked by these kids. Right. Yeah, and, f- yeah, and they put bandage on her for some reason. Some right, reason, right. yeah. They just like, oh, that crescent moon it, is ugly. It is a, it is a perception that I'm not sure if it's commentary, if it's just an over the top exaggeration that kids can be rotten. You see it frequently in in various animes, young kids abusing or even killing small animals. The the biggest example that comes to mind for me is a very disturbing uh, scene in the anime Elf and Leod, where Lucy, the uh, main pro-antagonist, it's kind of hard to, to say with that series, ends up destroying a group of junior high school kids because they murder a dog that she befriended as a child. Huh. And it's, it's a very brutal thing, but I mean, I've seen this trope numerous times and not just abuse towards small animals just abuse towards anything bleach had a great moment where ichigo uh befriends the the character chad or sato for those of that that are bigger fans of the anime he when they were about to go into high school they were still in junior high sato was being abused by a group of kids because of the fact that he was mexican Huh. He was different. It, it is, it, there is this kind of perception that the Japanese, might, not necessarily are xenophobic, but there is this perception of things that are different, hmm. not liked, and that kids especially are cruel as fuck. 
Well, they're cruel as fuck in this episode because they go chasing Menchi down the street right. with armfuls of rocks, with giant boulders, with a bulldozer pushing How a rock. How did even get a bulldozer? That's a good question. That's a really, really good question. Maybe one of the kids' uh, parents was a uh, construction worker. Pedro <gasps> just left the keys. Pedro, he left the keys in it. Oh, there you go. That explains it. It, it explains everything. Uh, so... <laughs> so the whole, the whole neighborhood of kids is running after this poor dog. But then they get sidetracked. Because there's a Poochu, and they start throwing rocks at the Poochu. Which was say, actually pretty funny. It was pretty funny. Like it's, it's much cuter than mentioned. Yeah, it's, it, this one's more fun than the dog. Um, <laughs> to which they literally drop a boulder on the Poochu, lift up the boulder to look at the mutilated Poochu, which isn't mutilated, by the way, which, again, which, which has one Gogol. of my favorite lines of the episode, number two. Number two. Uh, and Golgol 13 face says, Divide Retribution! Smash! With the big rock. And murders the kids. Um, so... There you go. There you go. We had kid murder. Very so fun. So we cut to a dramatic scene of Menchie running, and then we cut away to Excel finding Iwata dead on her floor. Dead, dead. in quotes. Well, she thinks he's dead. Yeah. At first, she thinks that there's this is some sort of plot against a cross. Well, considering that it, that even though they don't realize it, that those are members of the counter organization to a cross. That's not a bad uh, logical. Summation no, to make. That's true. That's true. If she knew that. Um, then, as Bill noted, I noted something. You noted something. That is, is you noted, uh, the great world of macrocosm being relegated to, uh, fixing up the apartment. The poor great world of macrocosm just is now being used to reset the door. Yeah. And she that, notes that too. Yeah. That she's, she's now being used for home repair. Yes. We get a great meta, kind of meta moment <laughs> where Hyatt is looking at Awada's body, which, by the way, they note is not dead. Yes, uh, we, we keep getting text. Yes, we, to remind us that he's not that dead. he's not dead. He's just uh, unconscious. Exactly. With and, a bloody nose. And she says something along the lines that she hopes that she never looks like that. So <laughs> I love that, that she's just like, man, when I die, I hope I don't look like that. That's unsightly. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of Actually, a great Actually, you bit. know, when she does die, there is kind of this polite, gentle repose look to It's true. She, to d- she definitely oh, no. does not look like Iwata. Except for in the, the great big t- interesting text. Tower, she looked horrified when she was dead. That is true. Why is there a Poochu in the stew? Why is there a Poochu and a squid? Well, and eventually, all this? well, and a squid shark. and a shark. Squid and shark is easy. But a big one, a uh, huge one that was obviously trying to eat the Poochu. More food, I guess. But I mean, eventually, they they're going to eventually figure out whether or not they can eat Poochus. But then, why does Excel forget what? Okay, then why does she, she... Yeah, she kind of has this... She has this moment of, like, I don't really know what this thing is, but I, I feel like I've run into it in another episode before. And, like, it's... She's just going on She's going on this monologue about whether or not she should eat something that looks familiar, that she thinks she's seen before, she can't remember, which we have seen clear evidence that she remembers what a poochu is. Look back to the horror episode. True. It's just a bunch of poochus. Here's my theory. What's that? This entire scene... I think the the writers realized, wow, we want to tell the story about Menchi and these dogs, as we as we will note and talk about, kind of like Oliver and Company in a way. Right. Um, and I think they have this idea for it, but they didn't have any, enough comedy in the episode. They're like, we need a we're we, just throwing in we co- we, we need to fill comedy. we need to fill time first of all because we can't tell the story in the regular Excel saga time. Let's just throw Excel and Hyatt acting like complete idiots, and they are in this scene like it's not. I mean, there was a few funny moments, but it's just, it's super forced. 
We also noted that the animation, this is the second time that we're seeing instances of animation that is not yeah. too fantastic. There's like a panned away shot of Excel and her head is like spinning weird and like her face has no detail. It's just, it's you know, very strange. It's different that they even do kind of a pseudo super deform. Yeah. But it doesn't look really good. No, it, it, it doesn't. It's not a very good job. It's, yeah. And, and this is this is a common issue throughout the, the episode is it goes from moments of pretty good animation, even to that higher end animation we're used to, to just really bafflingly bad animation. Mm-hmm. And uh, it confuses me. It confuses me thoroughly. That's, yeah. And she cooks the poochu. Uh, and, and declares that she's going to eat it anyway. And, and, and yes, poochu stew. stew. And he declares, I'm not going to get fried, you idiot. Hyatt is smelling Iwata's foot. Commenting on how pungent the aroma is. Yes, the the exact line is, uh, is this what it's like when people die, Senior? The sole of his foot is very pungent. <laughs> um, the fuck is wrong with this scene? Anyway, so we go back Everything to... Everything is go wrong back, with this scene. Yeah, we go back to Menchie on the road, and we have the sad Pedro music, by the way, if you didn't notice that in the yes, background. Yes, the Pedro theme music that... I'm just going to say this, and I've been wanting to point this out... It does sound a lot like the uh, classic song "House of the Rising Sun." It, the, that, the opening, the yeah. opening guitar bit. It has a little bit of a, of a reminiscence. I guess uh, I yeah. can see that. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. I've always, I've always wanted to make that comment. Thank you for bringing that up. Good. She finds a trash can and she's hungry and wants food, but she's stopped by a German shepherd who with a really offensive German accent and uh, basically saying that, uh, "What are you doing in my yard? You're giving dogs like us a bad name." And when it looks like it's going to be the end of Menchie, she's saved! He comes in with a paw, and another paw stops it, to which the German Shepherd says, How did you stop my invincible paw fist like that with your bare hands? And then all of a sudden... He gets a, gets a scratch across the Oh, you cut me! And we're introduced to our, I guess, main character of the dogs of this episode, alongside of Menchie. Artful Dodger. Yes, in a way. Uh, who declares himself to be Takahashi. Says the guy who's never seen Oliver and Company. But I am familiar with Oliver Twist. Takahashi. But the director decided to call him Wolf instead. Which and... I guess is making fun of when animes decide to take a Japanese name and like simplify it down to something that stupid Americans like us would need. Or just more along the lines of Takahashi sounds too soft. He needs to be a badass leader. Wolf it is. No, I said that too. Voiced by the well-known voice actor Vic Mignola. Yes, that's right, guys. Before he was Edward Elric, he was a dog. He was. He was a cute little puppy dog. So the rest I'm of lost the- again. I know. I know. Unfortunately, uh, because there's multiple seasons, you'll never know. Uh, so the crew is introduced of dogs. Uh, Menchie is taken back, and we are introduced to Inchiki. Who's voiced by John Swayze. He is a eye-patch-wearing dog that rolls... Bulldog. Tw- bulldog that rolls 12-sided dice and is very superstitious. Yes. And very... Not just superstitious, but very suspicious, too. A little bit. Never very. trust... As, uh, as I wrote in my review later, never trust anyone in an eye-patch. Yes. Uh, Kyoko. What about Nick Fury? Who is... Never, yeah, never trust Nick never Fury, trust, dude. Yeah, never trust anyone. That guy's got, as uh, Tony Stark would say, that guy's secrets got secrets. But uh, Kyoko is voiced by Emily Carter Essex. Who's a spunky, sarcastic, little, cute, little female dog who apparently is the... Token the, female? Yeah, is the is the girlfriend, I think, of uh, of Wolf. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think that was how I understood it. Yeah, right. That works, too. 
We have The Professor. Voiced by Phil Ross. He's a Scottish terrier with Melvin-like glasses uh, and a really offensive Scottish accent. And then we have Taiki Mochi. Voiced by Spike Spencer. Yeah. Nothing offensive about that at all. Nothing at all. Oh, what is is not offensive about having a voice that sounds like this? It'd be all, oh, I'm so... So Asian and whitewash Asian and all. Yes, a very, a very Asian chow who even has a paper fan. Spike, why you're such a talented person? Why did you agree to this? It just, I don't get it. I mean, okay, granny. Yeah, okay, so money does motivate. I understand voice actors, they go from job to job and they just have to do what they need to. I don't know if I should fault Spike for this or fault the ADR directors at ADV for this. It's up in the air. I do not like this choice. So they talk about how Menchie wants to go back to the old man, so they decide to help her. Right. Uh, Menchie's happy, and we get uh, another one of Menchie's little quotes. It says, I have friends to rub paws with. I'm happy with that for now. This is good. If you hear clicking in the background, it's because Bill is playing with a dragon sword. Oh, <laughs> they put them all back together, and then it'll be good. Bill is clearly bored with this episode, and honestly, I don't blame him. I would be, yeah, I would be playing with toys, too. Break card! Break card! We finally, come... we're happy! Halfway there. We come back from the break and Excel is back at headquarters. Again, another scene that has no bearing upon this episode whatsoever. Um, they're apparently late to meet Il Palazzo, who wants to know why she is late in under 200 words. Of course, she can't keep herself to 200 words. At first it seems like it, but then she goes she on to explain further. At length. And I bet you can't guess what happens to her. Oh, let me guess. Uh, there's a little rope pulled mm-hmm. and she's dropped into a pit. Yep. Ha-ha! What do I win? Uh, you win a snake, apparently. This is the bottom of this pit. Oh, no! Snakey, <laughs> snakey! Breaky, breaky! Yeah. Gotta go now! It was, yeah, pointless. Completely um, pointless. But ex- I do like to point out the fact that when you see Excel drop and you see the, the customary splash, you actually do see the snake jump out of the hole. Yes, attached to her. And then she starts screaming about the snake. Yes. So we go back to Menchi's story. The dogs are on the chase. Taikamochi returns to say that they didn't see anything on any of their patrols. So they didn't have any patrols out there. So they're good to go. Right. And uh, something to point out now is uh, throughout this episode, we're going to see progressively more that our dog characters are going to start showing more human characteristics. Yes. We see Takamoshi at this point come running in on two feet while the group was waiting. They were all sitting kind of at cross-legged Indian style. Mm -hmm. So we're starting to see more of a pseudo-anthropomorphizing. Yes, they do. And there are certain scenes that are pretty blatant about it as well. Right. Inchiki seems to kind of stray somewhat behind, adding to his untrustworthiness. Um, He rolls his dice. He gets a four and a two. Death times two. Yes. I am not uh, an expert on divination and especially divination with dice especially D&D dice well no I'm just not good at adding my D&D dice that's true I usually have to help you yeah Josh Josh no math good yes abacus skill poor abacus skill poor call back (laughs) Uh, so (laughs) we get a travel montage they're running they're running they're running one of the things in this montage that I like is pretty much each member is finding out information to get to the old man's house the professor is looking at a map it looks like it was drawn on the ad section of the newspaper. Yeah. What I like is that the dice are rolled again, and all of a sudden they have pips instead of numbers. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Like yeah. It's, it's a really short scene. It's like the animators forgot that like his dice had numbers and not pips. And right. It showed up as pips. I've never seen a t- uh, 12-side with pips, and I kind of want a 12-side with pips. I've I'm seen sure it. I have I've seen, seen them. Yeah, I'm, they're out there. I want one. 
I, I want to get a 20 side with ter- hips. Ter- Terry. Can you imagine how big? Yeah. That like, would be no, no, let's get a regular size one. That's an 18. That's, <laughs> that's 20. Uh, so the group is suddenly stopped. Oh, no! Vans surround them with, it says on the side, Ox Animal Control Department? I'm not sure what the Ox stands for. I missed that. Ox is in Ox. O- like O-X. It's O-X. O- O-X. It's O-X in capital So not A-U-X, so they're like the auxiliary forces. Yeah. Right. No, ox, ox as in the animal, like the oxen. And Weird. why yeah. are dogs working for animal control? What the fuck? Well, what better way to catch a stray dog than to have a loyal dog? I guess. Uh, we get one of the dogs that emerges, I believe. I had written down Spot, but I believe it's Mad Spot. It is Mad Spot. Yeah, it was Mad Spot, it said. Yeah. Voiced by Brian Granfelt. He's kind of the evil... The Brian Granfelt? The Brian Granfelt. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Didn't, I know. You, didn't you love when he played uh, that, that one other role character? in that anime? I know. Yeah. Fantastic. Yep. It, was, it was really good. He's. I apologize right now to you, sir, if you're listening. Um, we would love to have you on the show. Yeah, no, no offense to you. It's just Josh acted like that was important. I make it a very important point to try to point out the voice actors when I can. I bet you're very important, and I'm sure your mother loves you. You should call her. She misses you. So, Josh, the research guy, read some stuff off the end of the episode. <laughs> Manspot. Manspot is apparently the antagonist of this episode. There's sign language going on right now. Um, I love dog puns. I love puns in general. And we get a good uh-huh. one. We get a really good one here. Oh, God, yes. Uh, <laughs> he, he says, I merely embraced a new dogma. Ha! But um bum Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. yeah. Let, let, let's get that, uh, oh, what's it called? The, uh, the drum, the drum. Dun, dun, dun. dun the snare. Or the, the drum roll. Yeah. The, no, that's not a drum or, roll. That's uh, 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 something shot. It's a rim, rim shot. shot. Rim shot. It's like a rim jump. Um, so cue the cue the rim shot. shot. So Injiki throws dice as a weapon, and the dogs fall over like bowling pins. Is that a callback to Bowling Girls? I don't know. Well, they had the they had the dice embedded in their, in their faces. face, but they didn't have a face when they fell off. Like hey, they are faceless. Bill, have you mastered that ability yet? Being able to throw your dice like deadly weapons. Hold still, I'll show you. Oh uh, no 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 no! If he ever does, you'll know. So Injiki sacrifices himself. To allow the others to escape. Ah, the old sacrificing yourself trope. It's going to happen several times in this episode. Uh, yes, this, over and over. This is starting to look really well, it's familiar. Begin- it, it's, it seems like the the end of Sailor Moon Season 1, where all the Sailor Scouts sacrifice themselves. Mm. Or when they have to fight uh, Nihilania in, uh, in the beginning of Sailor Stars, and they sacrifice themselves. Or in any of those animes where they do yeah. this type of thing. So yeah, making, right. making fun of that trope. So let's take a look at, at these tropes at this point. We're going to have the one by one sacrificing themselves. Mm-hmm. Are we going to have a surprise twist? We will see in about five minutes. Yes. Uh, the ghosts all show up to join hands. That'd be great. Uh, and is the dub going to say they were captured instead of killed? Probably. So the dogs, well, he is actually, Inchiki is captured. Oh, yes. Um, to which Mad Spot says, don't worry about that one. A little foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Uh, the dogs argue about Inchiki's sacrifice. I love. There's a really, a, a really good line. It's it's not like a favorite line. I love it because it's great and funny. I just like it. It's, it's really kind of touching. Where Wolf says, "A dog can't really be happy unless he's helping somebody," and I just really like that line, especially as a dog owner. It's just, it's just a, a sweet line. I don't know. It's just a sweet sentiment. I, I mean, yeah, dogs actually, all they want to do is make their owners happy. That is true. I uh, mean, cat turds. Any cat turns. My dog. Well, it, I agree with you on the uh, 
that that notion though. The dogs do tend to want to just yeah their, their loyalty, their their sweet. companionship. In fact, they want to stick together. I think sweet. that's part of maybe they're part of their pack mentality. Yeah, I liked it. I have to say, I like it as it well. It was a sweet line. It is. Uh, we cut away. They they get caught again. Taikamochi sacrifices himself. Needlessly, nothing really comes of that. No. Uh, we get just, another just slows them slow down. down. Slow them down. Slow them down. Yeah. Uh, another break card with a Poochu and the Great Will, where she asks, "This tea has taurine in it, doesn't it?" Which is <laughs> the professor then decides it's his turn. He pushes a rock in this hole in this wall. And oh wait, wait. He he leaves something though. He leaves a bomb. Yep. And he sacrifices himself. Blowing himself up <laughs> and a bunch of the soldiers. Right. Very, uh. Allah Akbar! <laughs> That's not what he says. Whoa! That is not what he says. No. Uh, he says he doesn't want Menchi to end up like the kind of dog right. that he is. Right, he's Scottish. Allah Akbar! Oh, uh, no, you forgot to say laddie at the end. Laddie. Uh, so he says he doesn't want Menchi to end up like the kind of dog that he is. So. He doesn't nerdy. want to, yeah, a nerdy <laughs> Scottish stereotype that is a terrorist, apparently. Oh, so, no, yeah. he's not Scottish. He's Irish. <laughs> oh, God. To the old man's house, all that's left is Kyoko, Wolf, and Menchi. Kabam! Kyoko is shot by, <gasps> by two figures. Shadowy figures. One that looks exactly like Mad Spot, one looks exactly like What's-His-Face. I can't believe you forgot him already. He was such an integral part. You don't care anymore. He was such an integral role for yeah. the story. I, I will tell you by this oh, point. What's his name? By this point in the episode, I was just waiting for the at the very end because I really like the very end. Yeah. It's cute. Um. So, uh, yeah, she gets shot, but doesn't die somehow from a shotgun blast. Like at point blank, doesn't really die right away. Uh, I guess. Um, dog size shotgun. It wasn't like shock. What a twist. A, a Michael Bay twist. No, wait, that's not Michael what, Bay. M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> a Michael Bay another, 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 really. I mean, another. There's our title, a Michael Bay twist. <laughs> a Michael Bay twist. It's obvious. Hey, it's been a while since we've had a title, dumb. so right oh, there. Um, what a twist. Inshiki, Inshiki is a traitor for all along. A double agent, if you will. Uh-huh. Um, to which, when when Will finds out, a, a, I love this line. I'm in shock. This is by number the way. three. Uh, it says, "You son of a cat." <laughs> <laughs> son of a cat. <laughs> I, I think we can all agree that 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 is a favorite line. What was he gonna do? Call him a son of a bitch? You're like, duh. Yeah, I know. That, that, that was a joke. Could have said a uh, son of a human. Could have. Speaking of humans, <gasps> here comes the climax. Oh they, no! They call it the climax. Ooh, the real twist. Yes, the old man is holding a minigun. And he doesn't have hands. How is he doing it? I think the... the Wait, that's not the twist? No, that is the twist. But I think think the funnier aspect of the old man holding the minigun is he's an old man holding... What does a minigun weigh, Bill? Well, in Fallout, Fallout, it's at least like 20 pounds. There you go. It weighs you down quite a bit. I think it's more than that. The fact of the matter is, a little old man is holding this giant minigun, and he's having a hard time. He says, I don't... A minigun's not meant for a real person to fire. It's vehicle-mounted. Yeah. Yeah, the only real people that can hold it are, obviously, Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator. That's not a real person. (laughs) Oh, it's still real to him. Uh, So... (laughs) It was. That'd be terrifying. (laughs) I, I I thought that was a bio flick. (laughs) <laughs> oh, Menchie what? looks destroyed for the one millionth time this episode. It's getting so ridiculous. I know. Uh, the old man is working for them? He's being forced to do this? W- what's going on? Fuck if I know. I- I'm-, I'm just wondering if, like, he's, like, some sort of mafia guy or something. No, they he's... explained later that they made it. They 
basically. Well, he could be lying. Okay, fine. Because Menchie pulls the trigger anyway. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Sorry. If you're, if you're going to go into that detail, then the Poochu could be lying about all of this happening. (gasps) It is a story. What if this should have ended with like, like the D20 or D12 spinning? And, like, you don't know if it's going to stop or if it's a dream or not. Dude, did you just really pull an Inception yes. reference yeah, out of that. your ass? You should watch it it's, so it is, good. It is fun. It's a fun movie to watch. It's really good. Final battle time! Wolf is shot. Menchie is struck aside. Spock gets the stereotypical, the typical sort of villainous speech. But then Wolf and Kyoto use the bomb to Kyoko. blow up Kyoko. Kyoto's a city, isn't it? Uh, yep. <laughs> the city blows up. It does. And kills Bad Spot. And the only- they have American planes? <laughs> <laughs> and the only ones left. <laughs> the only ones left are Menchi and the old man. Uh, You're yeah. a gray. <laughs> we cut away to Nabashin sitting at a ramen, sh- a ramen shop. Uh, and he's eating ramen and says something about a marriage license. Yep. And realizes that, kind of like in a uh, lady in a, a, lady tramp. a tramp sort of scene, yeah. the noodle is attached to Kumi Kumi, the simple mountain girl, who's my, like, I gotta be one of my favorite characters in this whole anime. Right. Who's like, it's me, Kumi Kumi, the simple mountain girl. Like, the way she says it, she's just, like, so excited. She's yeah. like, yep, yeah. it's me. And, and Nabashin runs off again, and I swear the most random of quotes ever, screaming, mahogany. Which I think he is supposed to be thinking, like, he's just getting the word wrong, and he's supposed to say monogamy, because he's talking about a marriage license. Is he getting married to Kumi Kumi? She's trying to marry him? Maybe. I think that kind of gets explained in episode 26. I'm not sure. I guess we'll find out. But I still if, we, say, if we make I it that far without maybe. Bill getting you know poisoning of his liver or something. Oh, dude. What? Huh? He would never hurt me. Oh, What's alcohol going to do? That's true. Good point. Yeah, Bill. Bill's pretty badass. Bill is about Clearly 25% I'm sort of... alcohol. <laughs> Clearly I'm some sort of immortal. <laughs> I guess so. Dude! I want your power. Give me a sword. I'm going to cut off his head. Speaking of... I am the one. There can be only one. We are not cutting off any heads. Um, Damn it. So, Pedro. We cut away to Pedro and that man. And Pedro is getting his ass beat in this wrestling match. Uh, He gets... That's a rather... If it's a wrestling match, it's a squash match. Oh, he gets arm barred. He gets figure four leg locked. He gets abdominal stretch. I think there's a spinning toe hold there, too. Maybe. Maybe. Um, Got a little Terry Funk on him. A little bit of Terry Funk. <laughs> Jerry, <laughs> what, Pedro, why, why'd you take my woman? Sip on my woman, you egg sucking dog. <laughs> <laughs> this segment brought to you by the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. Fuck it, I'm Terry. Funk. If anything, we're ripping off Jr. That's true. Uh, so <laughs> we cut away to the old man and Menchi. The old man is begging off, saying that he was just a patsy in this whole thing. Yeah, he was being forced. Menchi looks completely broken at this point crying holding the minigun somehow and we end the episode with gunfire well and, not quite but well we do we hear shots we hear shots it cuts away yeah, oh yeah we and get then that we, and then we, we, we come back to excel and hyatt confused but happy but happy because they have Menchie back Menchie's back and playing with the minigun yes laying on her back with the minigun in her arms just rocking back and forth with the minigun i'm gonna have to i have a new term that is adorably badass it was actually pretty cute. It I'll was. It, I laughed. It uh, it was. It also supports my theory that Mitchie's actually a cat. 
Dogs don't lay on their back and just, like, hold things. That's true, they don't. Cats do. That's true. That or she's an otter? Okay. Possibly. Using her tummy? (laughs) (laughs) Her tummy? Okay, fine. Perhaps Mitchie's an otter. (laughs) I can't argue that's otter behavior. There's a title. (laughs) What's that? There's a title. Uh, Perhaps perhaps Mitchie's an otter. (laughs) In this episode, we debate whether Mitchie is an otter. Uh, So, (laughs) Excel and Hyatt are really confused. Like, where'd she get that minigun? And then we cut away to the end of the episode. And that's the end of episode 10. Mitchie's Great Adventure. So, yeah, that's our episode. Let's talk about what we think. um, Josh, I want to start with you. So, really, I'm not a fan of this episode. The big issues that I have, it has nothing to do with the animal aspect of it. I've watched a lot of shows that had animal characters, and I loved it. But this episode, what I don't like are the plot and the animation. The animation goes from good animation to subpar, poor animation, back to good animation. It just kind of goes back and forth. I know you get different animators that come in on different episodes to animate it, but this just kind of was a jumbled mess of animation. And the plot was way too predictable. The minute you start seeing that we have this eccentric band of characters are going to go help Menchie, you know exactly they're all going to die. There's going to be some sort of betrayal. Menchie's going to be the lone survivor. I don't even think it was parodying it. I just think they kind of threw it together. They wanted to have some sort of... Well, they're all going to die? Spoiler alert. We're at the we're at the end part. <laughs> did you did you blank out there for a little bit? Mm-hmm. A little bit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is, when it came down to it, the plot just so basically written, it's almost paint by numbers. It didn't do anything for me. Okay. You add that with the bad, with the really odd animation and the random cuts to joking moments, it really doesn't do anything for me. I, honestly, this is this is in the bottom. Uh, it's it's worse than episode two. Wow. Bill. Yo. <laughs> what were your thoughts? Oh what? About the <laughs> about the episodes. <laughs> um I disagree. I think there was a plot. Okay. It was formulaic, but it was a plot. Yeah. Which is more than you can say about most episodes. It followed a character that we actually give a shit about, if only because she's cute. Mm-hmm. It didn't particularly do any world building because we don't know if animals walk on two legs and talk or wear clothes or whatever. But I don't think it's the worst ever done, even up till now. Well, you're entitled to your own opinion, Bill. 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 I mean, even if it's wrong, the the I'm fan kidding, service episode was worse, and even that had at least an arc for a brand new character. It did. It did. That's true. The sci-fi episode was pretty bad. It was just random bullshit. Oh, I love the sci-fi episode. It's still random bullshit. No, it's good though. Bill has. Tell a me, it's not random bullshit. Uh, we got the poochus out of it. That's all. And the one of the if Kumi Kumi is one of the best characters, so is Space Butler. Fair enough. Space Butler was entertaining. And yes. well, we do kind of get an introduction of Hyatt. Yes. It was still random bullshit. It's still tied for me. I mean, it's it's not the best, but none of this is. Oh. But. Sadness. But it seemed to at least be a little more cohesive than some of the things they've done. Yeah, there were moments of animation that weren't quite up to par. But I'm not convinced that was not skill and it was not a more of a artistic choice. Mm-hmm. Excel and the other humans weren't important. At least the old man was, but any other human wasn't that important. So when you're shadowing eyes and Excel's not showing a face... 
and the dogs are better drawn and walking around two legs, it's because they're that's what the focus was on. That's a good point. It's not not a not a not a bad argument there. Well, yeah, it's not bad at all. I like that. Uh, I think overall. Maybe I did like the episode more than YouTube, but then again, what's new? When I had a lot of, I did have a lot of memories of this episode, and right. this episode in particular really stood out as one that I remember really enjoying because of the fact that it was Menchie, and I loved Menchie, and Menchie's like such a a really lovable character, and it it was a fun sort of story. And rewatching it, I didn't find it as fun, but I still liked it. I still like the side story with Menchie. I still like the, just the, the kind of the wackier moments at the end with the, you know, the minigun at the very last bit, you know, some of the goofy moments were kind of a little bit of a hit and miss with Excel, but uh, it, it didn't really, still for what it was, it was a piece of story that I found kind of interesting. It didn't do a lot, but it definitely gave us a chance to really get to know Menchie's character a little bit more and just show no matter what, she just can't seem to find true happiness. And if anything, by the very end, maybe she feels a little bit better with being with Excel. Like, Excel's threatened to eat her all the time. She's accepted her fate she as ha- food. Yeah, well, no, to be fair, though, she's... She's accepted the fate that she has a home. She has a home, and... and people dis- do care about her on some level. Yeah, and despite the fact that Excel has always threatened to eat her... Excel hasn't done so though. Just takes one time. I know it just takes one time. It just takes one time to be. (laughs) That's true. She doesn't duplicate herself. It's true, but I mean, I think deep down, Excel really does care about Menchie. I I really do. I really think that deep down, even though yes, Excel's a a horrible human being, I think that Menchie kind of humanizes her a little bit. I think we're thinking too hard about it, honestly. (sighs) I don't know. Yeah, Bill's got a point. All right. Well, I think that's that's our normal moment of our indication that we need to stop this episode. So right. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Excel Saga and our episode of Tuning Japanese. So, Josh, would you like to read the closing statements for us? <laughs> for the first time that we've said this. Josh, we are not doing Taken. Would you like to do this again? Yes, I would. You are would. such a respectable and prominent professional and your penis who, is very who, large who can do this in one take you are great not even good voice actors can get it in one take ah except for except, dig on yourself there all right except for maybe frank welker i'm not a good voice actor i'm an amateur yeah i, I do not have uh my talents are not competitive amateur yet. amateur amateur <clears throat> all right right avatar avatar the last amateur <laughs> thanks again for listening to tuning japanese that was the son of a cat, Andrew. <laughs> uh, it really is weird. I have barbs on my penis. Please say, <laughs> please some, say something mean. Hey, blow it out your ass, fuckhead. That's the meanest kid in the whole neighborhood, Bill. And I'm Josh, but once again, the director decided to call me Wolf instead. How come we didn't call you Wolf this whole episode? Yeah, that would have been a good shtick, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, fuck, we didn't well, make it stick. Well, we're, we gotta just redo the episode. Let's oh, start again. It's fuck. 1047. You ready to go? I didn't care enough to do it. Oh. Bye-bye. I guess we'll see you later. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. To find out more about the show, visit tuningjapanese.com. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, on Twitter at tuningjapanese, and Tumblr at tuningjapanese.tumblr.com. 
You can also send us any questions, suggestions, or feedback by emailing the show at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Be sure to also leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. If you liked our show, check out the other programs in our podcasting network, including the Shadow Vane Podcast and the Rundown Wrestling Podcast.